Hello everyone, you're listening to The Brunt and Bugle, the number one place to get your Kyanite fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Nick Brown. United finally get their first win in League One for nine years as the shoes are beaten at Brunton Park. We look back on the hard-earned 2-0 victory before looking ahead to this weekend's trip south to take on surprise early pace setters, Stevenage. Yes, we did. You must bring a bit of luck, Nick, because very rare that I get it done in one go, the intro. Quite often, yeah, in I'm, one. I'm stumbling over my feet and I write something far too long and complicated and, and I just have Dan and Mike going, oh, for God's sake, get on with it. Oh, yeah, but there, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, as you might have guessed, uh, neither Dan or Mike are available this week. So uh, we've, 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 we've dragged in a, a super sub. Um, he's probably going to, like Greg does, show us up as being a lot better than actually we are. Uh, Nick Brown. Nick, how are you doing, mate? I'm great, mate. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah good, it's good, good to be here. Well, it's good to have a listener on who you know is a big fan as well, no? Because you're you're one of the people who always message me and say like, "Is it going to be out for Friday morning?" Walking the dog on Friday morning, you're desperate for it every time, aren't you? But it's, it's an essential part of my weekly. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Well, we'll get straight into it. Obviously, we're going to be uh, reviewing the uh, win over Shrewsbury, but then looking at the Stevenage game. But first up, we obviously, as usual, we have to tell you about our sponsors, which is the Car United Sport School London branch. Where Really grateful for their support for the third season in a row. They're, they do fantastic stuff in terms of fundraising for the club um, and also in terms of arranging stuff for away games and you know, tickets and travel and stuff like that and advice on pubs and things like that. Uh, you can join them wherever you, you live. You don't have to just live in London, the southeast. I mean, you can you can live in uh, Prague. You can live in, um, I'm trying to think of a random places, Istanbul. Any random places you want to throw out there, Nick, that you could... Living uh, in Torshaven Tor in the Faroe Islands. Yes, Torshaven in the Faroe Islands. Great shout there. If you live there, you can you can yeah. definitely sign up as well. So, uh, so there you go. If you want to find out more about them, go to their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. Right. Obviously, Mike and Dan are here, but uh, Mike has sent us question of the week for us. So we'll have that now, and then we'll give the answer at the start of the second half. So here is the question of the week from Mike. The last time that we played Stevenage and I had JJ Coyote up front, we battered them 4 0. Who scored for us in that game? Yeah. I think Coyote scored one of them. Yeah, I think so. I always feel like you guys are very good at this. And even when Mike says he's got to struggle, he often does better than I do. Mm. uh... (laughs) From memory, did Joe Riley score an absolute belter against them? Was that someone else during that season? Uh, he, scored like, some, he did score some belters, mine, didn't he? So I have a think because this is one of the games we could actually go to, wasn't it? I think during the the COVID season, I think it was one of the ones with the, where we had our little sections of the paddock. Well, with the limited attendance. Yes, I think it was. I think I think Coyote. I'm going to go Coyote, Alessandra, Riley, and uh, I mean Aaron Hayden intended to score. No, it was it maybe Reese Bennett. It probably depends what what part of the season it was. Yeah, so I'm going to go Coyote, Bennett, Alessandra, and Riley. But we'll come back with the answer at the start of the second half of the show. Right, uh, let's get into it then, mate. Uh, News section. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about two transfers that happened. Um, We'll do it. We'll do it the wrong way around from what I've got on the running order here. But well, uh, we'll start off with the one that departed, the midfielder departing, and this one was one that I think people were kind of expecting to happen in some way, shape, or form. Um, Kai Nugent. 
Simo hinted was going to be heading north for the border, and no surprise, it was Anna Naflake. He's turned up at, on a uh, full season loan, um, joining Max Killsby there. Um, good move for him, this isn't it? I think you know he's not likely to get any game time this season, but he's shown a lot of promise in preseason, hasn't he? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a really good move for him to be honest with you. Season loan as well, so he can like find his feet there. And I think it's mm. it's just a good thing for us. And then you know, moving up to that that level, I think yeah. it's uh, it's a good level for us to loan these lads out to. It'll only do him good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then they've shown so far they're fairly competitive, Anand. Because I think I had a little bit of a theory when Max went by there that he was going to be they might be getting battered every week and struggling because they are quite a small club at League One level, but. They've held their own fairly well so far. You know, they're similar to us. They're not really being battered by anyone, but they're just finding their feet. So hopefully hopefully things will work out for him. Uh, let's talk about the one that's come in then. So Simo's finally got his man. You know, we, we had to wait until pretty much the end of the uh, the transfer window. There was an hour and a half to go. There was murmurs about this one for a couple of days beforehand. And uh, yeah, we finally got the target man we wanted. It's a familiar face, Joshua Coyote. Um yeah, 23-year-old for Irish forward. He's Lagos-born, we should say, from um, uh, Nigeria originally, but I think he moved at a very young age to Ireland. He's got a very thick Irish accent when you hear him talk, so he very much is an Irish forward. Um, Rotherham United, obviously, we've got him on loan from. He's previously, obviously, had loan spells with us twice, and obviously, and also it spells at Gated and MK Dons. Um, he did sign a new contract before departing the Millers, a one-year extension on his deal. It could have been a permanent deal, by something. There was a lot of to-and-fro-ing during the day. What's your initial thoughts on this one? For me, I think this is a great signing. I think this is as good a signing as we could have got in terms of bringing a target man into the club. Yeah, I think it's exactly what we need. I think that kind of focal point that we've seen before, we know he can do a good job at that. It's obviously a step up for him to play with us at League One level. But mm. I think I think he's really going to work well up there. It was amazing that that, that final day is it's always the biggest case of like Carlisle Chinese whispers you'll ever yeah. you'll ever get. Like so many so many names getting messaged through and people losing their heads over that we weren't gonna sign anyone and then pull that one out of the bag at the last minute and I think everyone's pretty happy. I had heard quite early on in the day that Kaidi was pretty much coming in. Um later on towards, you know, I think tea time ish the talk was it was gonna be a season long loan, which there was a slight deflation when that happened, but then you're like, okay, you know what? Fine, it's fair enough. And the first thought was, well, he's out of contract at the end of the season, so that might work quite well for us. But then, obviously, the news comes out that he signed uh, an extended deal with Rotherham. I, I get why he's done that, and I get why Rotherham have done that. I think that actually works out well for everyone, because for him, yeah. he gets the extra year security of the fact that, you know, he's contracted for another year at Rotherham if things don't work out with us. For them, they're protecting their asset that they can potentially sell at the end of the season. For us... Look, we get to get a good player on loan for the season that knows the club, that can fit in well pretty easily. And, you know, yeah, maybe we'll have to pay a fee next summer, but if he's done a good enough job for us to pay a fee for him, you'd be pretty happy to do that, wouldn't you, I think? So hopefully by then, investment's yeah. too. And there's the bonus as well of the fact, you know, we, we all know what he's about. He's a big, strong lad. I've, I've spoke to a couple of people who've seen him down the club um, in the last week or so, and they say he looks even bigger than he did when we first had him. And, you know, he was quite a tall lad, a little, maybe not quite as well bulked out then, you know, but he was, you, know, you could see he had a bit of strength about him. But now, apparently, he's he looks like he's, he's really worked on his strength side of things. And, you know, we all know about that throwing as well, don't we? And I know some people bemoan it a bit, but for me, I think it's just another good weapon to have. It has a place, Lee. 100%. A big long throw. Yeah. yeah. Just get get big, get big John in there causing a bit of chaos on the long throws. You, know, you never know what's going to come from it, do you? That's what you want. That's what you want. So I think we're generally in agreement. 
it's a good signing. I think we benefited from the fact that because Barnsley were linked with, quite strong with him, weren't, we? weren't they? But they've signed another ex-Blue, which we'll come on to later. So that, that probably benefited us a slightly in that way. Um, that player is the gift that keeps on giving, the one we'll mention later on. Because he just seems to, despite the fact that he played only a handful of games for us, he, he constantly uh, comes up trumps for us in a weird way. So there you go. Um, on Coyote, I think it's very important that he clearly likes the club. He's happy here. That makes a big difference. I think I think he goes into it full of confidence that he can do a good job for us, and I think he will. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I, I really think that the fact that he knows the club really gives us a bit of an advantage there. And look, we don't talk about the game that happened on Tuesday night, but from what I've heard from people who did watch it, he, he looked quite impressive. So so there you go. Um, I know Dad will be listening now going, what game? He'll be sitting he won't be happy with that. What game? What are you talking about? He always does that, but there you go. We just we just don't talk about it. Okay, there there you go. Um, right, well, let's get on to it. Shrewsbury Town two. Oh, sorry, got it wrong there. Carl United two. Shrewsbury Town nil. Finally, get three points in League One, mate. I mean, how relieved were you when that Joe Garner goal went in at the end? Because you were still quite near us, and we were at that end of the pitch uh, for this game. For some reason, I'd, I was down that end, and I just felt there was a real sense of relief when the ball hit the back of the net. Yeah, it was. There was a bit of a, an explosion, you know, in terms of like the atmosphere, and everyone was just, you know, just pure relief. And I think, to be fair though, I don't. Leading up to that goal, I I wasn't too worried. No. Like I didn't think Shrewsbury. I mean, obviously, but Shrewsbury really weren't exactly like knocking at the door much. And I I still felt like we would have seen it out anyways. But yeah, once once shot at the back of the net, it was a it was a very good feeling. I must say. Yeah, it was a real feeling of relief, wasn't it? Um, it's one of those games, I'm just looking at the bare stats here. It, pretty balanced game, actually, wasn't it? And I think I, I've watched back the extended highlights, and I, I, I always watch it back a bit of the match replay on the iFollow as well. And I've got to say, I thought first half they probably did. At first, I thought, oh, maybe we shaded first half. But actually, looking back, they probably did with the chances shade the first half. Second half, we very much were on top. And once we'd scored, we looked comfortably the better side. And it and it kind of felt once we got a grip on Daniel Udo up front for them, it was a big handful, wasn't it, in the first half? Yeah, he caused... have the same effect? Yeah, he caused quite a lot of trouble. Especially the first 15 minutes, I felt like he kept yeah. dropping deep and getting the ball and just everything was going through him. And he was he was a handful to be fair. He rolled Big John a couple of times as well, didn't he? I think, and that that was a bit like, oh god, John's getting rolled here. We're in a bit of trouble, but actually, he got into the game a bit more after that, so that really helped things. Um, so when the lineups were announced for this game, no massive surprise that there was only one change with Jordan Gibson coming in. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that for the same team put out was the right teams. Yeah, Gibson had to come back in really for me. Yeah. It just made sense. Didn't it? I mean, the, the big the big changes were on the bench, actually. So obviously, McCalman dropped onto the bench in place of uh, Gibson. But um, in the matchday squad, there was three players who dropped out, which were Edmondson, Butterworth and Charters. And they were replaced by Garner, Robinson and Harris, which interesting change, especially in terms of Garner coming back in, because there was a lot of talk leading up to deadline that he could be on his way, which Simo did dismiss, to be fair, a couple of days before the deadline. But um, slightly surprising that he made those tweaks in terms of the bench, I think it's fair to say. First half chances. We'll talk through some of them now. So obviously you mentioned that Udo, he had a few chances, didn't he? You know, he he, he was setting up a couple of plays. I think Benning had a chance from the edge of the box that went well wide. He had a shot himself from 30 yards, which I think Anderson had pretty comfortably covered. Um, and then Gibson had the best chance for us first half. And I still haven't quite worked out how this one didn't go in. It was weird. It was good, patient build-up play. The ball comes to him on the left. He cuts inside and... Has the shot through? I should say the shot did come through a, a crowd of bodies, and the keeper did not see it till very late. 
he dives down and he sort of just it almost just comes off him and just scoops over the bar, doesn't it? Yeah, it probably goes down as a good save, but the, he has no idea what's happened there. And it's how it's not ended up going in. It's just pure luck, I would say, really. Yeah, not even clipping the bar. Either. That's the, that was the weird thing. Right? It looked like it was going to clip the bar or come out or something, but he just scooped over the bar somehow. It was just, just bizarre. Um, yeah, in terms of that, I think they had one more chance, which was a chance for Bayliss, which was well wide. But bar that, not really too many chances for either side first half. And into the second half, United started to get a bit of a grip on it. Maguire had a decent chance after some good play from Moxon, but he hit his shot over the bar. Uh, then back sent in a looping cross that the keeper almost palms into his own net, but he puts behind for a corner. But from that corner, United take the lead. And um, we were sort of saying, weren't we, that set pieces this season, corners, haven't been quite as effective. I'm not sure why is that maybe the absence of, you know, Feeney, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but we just haven't been quite as effective on set pieces. And then, the delivery's been fine, but then Moxon puts in probably his worst corner of the season and, and we score from it, don't we? Yeah. Uh, I, I still, I didn't see who it actually came off. I mean, I think I had an interview with Maguire today saying that he's still trying to claim it. Are they going to try and have a word with the EFL or something? I don't know if you've seen his I, interview. But... I've not seen it, but I think he's yeah. grasping it incredibly. Uh, he, thin straws he's, I, I think he's claiming it's come off his back first. Then hit the defender, then it went in. Cool. I think the problem with that is, I think it was still going wide, even though he's flicked it. Yeah. I think he might have got a touch, but I don't think it deviated towards goal, whereas it's a clear deflection off Bayless to go into the back of the net. I was a little bit disappointed it didn't come off Feeney, because that would have been very, very funny and very apt. But um, but as it was, it came off Bayless, keeper had no chance into the back of the net, and it's 1-0, and it just felt like that lifted a bit of pressure off us, didn't it? And suddenly the, the crowd seemed to believe a bit, they really got behind the team. Um, obviously Feeney was getting a fair bit of stick I think it's fair to say during this point good shout for a penalty on Mellish at this point where the, the ball comes looping to him in the box he goes for a volley and for me the lad just walks across him as he's hitting it but there wasn't a huge amount of claim from our players was there? I don't, well and Mellish didn't claim either I don't I really I don't think so that yeah. normally tells you I mean the ref Mellish done his job for him he didn't play it yeah. It would have been soft, I think. Yeah, it probably would have been, to be fair. Um, almost a lovely goal from Luke Plange, though, wasn't it? Great little bit of oh. play down the right. Guy whips in across from quite deep, and, and Plange just gets ahead of his marker, flicks out a leg, and oh, just comes off the post and just an inch the other way, and he made it back of the net, and you'd think, what a great goal, what a way to open your account. He had another fairly decent game, I thought, actually, Plange. He, he caused problems again. Yeah, it's full of running, and I thought he'd done really well to actually get on the end of that ball. Guy's ball in first time was actually fantastic. Actually, it was a really, really good ball. But I think it was maybe slightly. He had to adjust himself, plunge to get on the end of it, and he made a really good connection with it. Just, just pure luck that, pure unlucky that he didn't put it in the net. The shoes did have a couple of late chances. Um, there was one where Udo had a low shot that Anderson pushed behind for a corner, and then another one where I think it might have even been Bayless or someone got on the end of a lofted cross in the box and I don't know how he's headed it wide he should really have buried that chance it was a really really good chance for them and then United into injury time just started to really sort of get a grip and take control and there was never any moment of panic um, and then Mellish hits a long ball forward that uh, Ablade which I've had this confirmed by the way that is how you pronounce it it's Ablade so we know that now uh, Ablade uh, showed brilliant pace to, to get away from Feeney down the left, cuts back onto his right foot, plays the ball across. Now, I thought at first 
McCallman just messed this up and missed it. But actually, watching it back on the replay on the, the footage, it's a deliberate dummy. It's a really, really clever bit of play. Garner comes onto it on his left foot and he just waits for the keeper to dive and puts it in the opposite direction. And it's 2 0. And just a nice little moment there to see Joe get his uh, a goal on his 550th league appearance, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly what we we deserved that goal as well. Yeah. At the end of the game, I feel that I think we we're the better team. And uh, oh. P- Big John's cultured uh, through ball, shall we call it, was was a cracker. He's done a couple of those, hasn't he? Because he did that for um, for Toby, didn't he, against Rochelle a couple of seasons ago in that game? Yeah, he did. Yeah. first game back, he just he has got a bit of control sometimes when he plays those ball forward. It isn't just a he put like, it in he, the right area. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's not a case of just who foul play. It's like, right, I'm going to put this into an area and give him a chance to have a go for it. So, Perfini, man. Yeah, he was... When he was up against uh, Little Terry there, he was just... He had no chance to pay yeah. the difference. It was ridiculous. And Feeney's not like a slouch. Like, he's not like... No, it's not. He doesn't, no. doesn't run like his Tony Curran, so fair play. Um, well, yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of the chances. Um, on to your talking points, really. Um much improved performance, I think that's fair to say. Um, particularly from the Port Vale game. Still things to work on. Still a, a feeling that we're not taking chances and still maybe snatching at things a little bit. But great to finally get that three points on board. That's the key thing, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's a bit of a hoodoo off our backs, that. And they're, they're, when you're struggling to get a win, you do snatch at chances and you do rush them. So I'm just now we've got that hoodoo off our backs. Maybe we'll just take a bit more clinical with those sort of like chances that you need to take at this level I think so I think hopefully we're just a bit bit more clinical in front of goal now yeah um, so Simo um, basically we stick back to 3-5-2 at the moment we're sticking with that are, are we comfortable with that our best formation I think it is I don't think we've really got enough to play for 3-3 at the moment personally no I think we've got to go, we've got to stick with that I think we look solid especially at home Yeah. and yeah I, I can't see him changing it now so strike partnership we started with Plunge and Maguire um, signs of a decent partnership there for me I like both players I think they're too similar I think they're both would be better as support strikers for me I, I don't I don't see them working together as a partnership I think they're, they're okay in little spells in games but I don't think you see enough over the full well 60-70 minutes whatever it is that they play to, to justify them as a partnership yeah I think I think you're right I think I mean you wouldn't mind it later in a game for 10, 20 minutes or so, I think that maybe would work. But starting, I, I just don't think that's going to be the front two that we'll be, we'll be going with. No, I, I don't agree with you there. Um, the two that replaced them, Garner and Ablade, um, looked quite lively, didn't they? I think I love Joe winning that free kick and then basically trodding on their player as he uh, came down off the thing and walking away as if he'd done nothing wrong, which is just very typical <laughs> Joe Garner. But uh, talk about uh, young Terry. He's got pace to burn, hasn't he? He looks a lively player. He's, he's speedy, isn't he? He's quick. And I, I, I was impressed with his with feet as well. I, I think there's a... I've, well, I mean, I've been... I've said this many a times and been proven wrong, but I think there's a player in there. I really do. Yeah. And no, like, no. if... Especially in that situation that we were in against Shrewsbury, see if you've got your noses in front mm. and you need to make a change. That that front two coming on, Ablade and Garner, is... It's a defence's worst nightmare. Yeah, definitely. The, 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 I feel like Garner's just going to bully the attacker and Blade is just going to be their or defender, sorry, and then Blade is just going to be you know, terrorising them with his pace. So it, it's not, not a bad move at all, I think, having those two um, available. Um, it's in terms of other performances for the Blues, um, 
Sam Lavelle won the uh, man of the match, I think. For, or Callum Guy got the man of the match officially at the game. A lot of people said Sam Lavelle. He actually won the who scored.com man of the match, which is the we look at the stats for them quite often for this. What's your thoughts on, on Sam's performance? Because he, he's taken a bit of a while to set it, settle in. I think there is a feeling of like, you know, Barkley and Feeney did so well last season, he's always going to be judged against them. Would you agree this is probably his best performance since uh, arriving at the club? Yeah, definitely. He was very steady. He was steady all game. He, I think with a, with a defender like with, like Lavelle, if he never looks like he's struggling, then he's had a good game. And he never looked like he was struggling all game. I thought yeah. he didn't really put a foot wrong, really. No, I'd agree. I think I think you look very solid. And look, I've, I've never been that convinced of him since coming. But the first game, I thought, actually, all right, you know what? You, you can fit in quite well here. And, you know, and, and there's a few people talking about, you know, do we rest Hunt or, you know, is he going to replace Hunt in the long term? I thought Hunt had another great game as well, to be fair, actually. He didn't really put much wrong up against Ryan Bowman. He, he kept him pretty quiet, didn't he? Actually, it's amazing. I've, I've written the notes. I haven't even mentioned Bowman because he looked okay he didn't really, five minutes. He didn't really... He didn't really do it. Yeah, exactly. For five minutes, he didn't really do anything. Like, no. I was surprised he stayed on as long as he did, really. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange one. I, I, I was a bit puzzled as well why they kept him so long. Right, we've gone this far and we haven't talked about him yet, so let's talk about Morgan Feeney. Took a fair bit yes. of stick. Um, I thought he looked pretty solid, actually, for them until uh, Terry Abade came on and caused him a few problems with pace. Um, do you think it was a little bit harsh, the stick he got? No. Actually, no, I don't think it was that. I don't, I don't think it was like over the top stick either. You know, he's a he's a professional footballer. It was yeah. fair enough. A good percentage of the crowd were booing him, but it was just boos. Like pantomime, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, there was nothing nasty towards him. Other than the you know Feeny Feeny what's the score and there was a couple, which was fair always enough. going to happen. Yeah, and then you've got you have got the kids in the in the um, uh, Warwick who were. Um, you know, suggesting that he enjoyed. Um, what, what, I, I, I know kids listen to this, so I can't possibly say what it is. But they they basically uh, suggested he gets up to extracurricular activities on his own. But um, yeah, a uh, little bit, little bit of stick he got there. Um, what about the incident at the end with Simo? Um, well, because the of end? this, because of the stick that it clearly got to him. Yeah, clearly, I, I, and he. He started very well, and he, I was like, he's not going to lose his head. He kept his head, but then you could see little cracks coming throughout the game. And then into the last like five or six minutes, you could tell it. It was there was something. It, there was something there. I think it got to him, and then well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a bit of it's a bit daft from him what he done with Simo. Yeah, I mean, so he got just he got he got a booking for dissent. We should say as well earlier in the game, he said something back to the referee, which is com- becoming more common this season as, we, as we've seen. But at the end, for those who haven't seen, which if you haven't, if you've been living in a cave for the last week, basically, <laughs> Feeney goes up to Simo. Sorry, Simo goes up to Feeney to go and shake his hand and he basically refused to shake his hand and said, you're the reason I got this stick today. It's your fault you'd lie to the media. And, and, <laughs> and Simo's like, I haven't lied to anyone. I've told the truth about the fingers. And he said, look, at the end of the day, he's saying that I didn't get the chance to offer match what Shrewsbury offered you. That's the, pro- that's, that's the reason why. And he wasn't happy. That's the thing he wasn't happy about. I think look, I think it's something that'll blow over eventually. I'm sure, but it's yeah. Well, it's a, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't blow over because you kind of want that there in the game away when we play them. You know, just that little bit of needle. I think it helps. Oh, yeah. Us. Event, eventually, not not this season, but maybe eventually in the future, we'll, we'll welcome him back and it'll, it'll oh, be fine. To be honest, I I don't have any major problems with us. I mean, he captained us yeah. to promotion. A bit of pantomime, which he maybe couldn't handle at the end of the day, but. That's all it was. I'm sure he's forgotten about it already. 
Yeah, I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has indeed. Right, uh, it's time for the six second reviews. Um, oh, Lee, got... Lee, go on. We need to touch on uh, how his agent suddenly uh, came out of. Oh <laughs> yes, sorry, I completely we can't not mention that. <laughs> oh, this is this is funny. That um, you, you say his agent, it's definitely not his agent. Surely there was one user on Twitter. It's someone isn't. <laughs> There was one user on Twitter who, funnily enough, was was very vocal in, in their defence of uh, Feeney and also criticism of Simo after the game. Just a random Twitter user that you know with a load of something. It was a user and a load of numbers, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Who basically got a lot of shit back from Carlo fans and very quickly locked their accounts. Um, uh, Mike of our parish, obviously, who um, lives in the same area as uh, Feeney's agent, is convinced that it is Feeney's agent, Michael Ball, the former Everton and. Uh, Man City player, so um, was it Man City? I can't remember now. Everton yeah. Rangers, PSV, someone, someone like that, isn't he? But basically, yeah. he's convinced it's him. But uh, but we we, we can't it's very possibly, strange. Couldn't possibly prove it, but um, you know, he's got he's got history for bad behaviour on Twitter anyway, hasn't he? So it could well be. But there you go. But yes, right. Let's move on to six second reviews. We've got two this week. Um, I've got three down on the thing, but actually, Johnny hasn't got one for us this week. So it's uh, it's Craig and Regan. So who do you want to start with? Uh, we'll go for Craig. That's young Craig, right? Here's Craig's six-second review. Feeney who, finally, the Blues got their first League One win. It was a really good game of football, unlike other weeks when we just started hoofing it desperately and we actually got the ball down and played football. My man of the watch was Mr. F- Mr. Pastor Hans Callum Guy. I thought he played really well and he made some good passes and runs, which is something we were probably missing earlier on the season. But it seems like we're finally adjusting to League One and it's showing. I thought Maguire had a really good game after getting really close to scoring. And I mentioned to Luke Plange because I wasn't a very big fan of him and I wasn't so happy about him starting, but I thought he played really well this game. Anyone, can someone tell me why we thought Feeney would be like unreplaceable? Like, especially when uh, Labelle is so much better and he doesn't start fights with his past coaches. I mean, maybe, you know, it would show Simo some respect because he obviously forgot who got him promoted so he could get the move to the big club, you know, in the Shrewsbury town. Next home game is a really big one. Hope we can cause an upset and get some points off the Blues. Good lad. Hey, always bang on the money, isn't he? I mean, to be fair, he, he, he mentioned something there that we did forget to mention, which is obviously Callum Guy's heat, uh, eating habits. Yeah. Mr. Pasta Hands. Yeah, I mean, like, if anyone who's not seen it, they, obviously after the game, the, the club always put a picture up of the player who's got man of the match picking up their um, champagne, but also them eating the, the food that they get given by a local, uh, yeah, I can't remember who does it for them now, some... It's not a pub, is it? Someone that does I think it it's, some... No, I think it is. I think it's a St. Nick. I it's think. St. Nick, right, okay. Anyway, yeah. but basically he's got a, a tray of pasta and he should have a fork or something to get it, but he's basically dipping his hand into the pasta to grab the pasta. He's obviously doing it as a joke, but now basically he's getting ripped on the internet for it as a result. But um, but yeah, so pasta hands colour. We had a great game, to be fair. I, should, I agree with that entirely. Um, but yeah, no, some, some really good points there from Craig, as usual. I, he, he's such a hard man to please, isn't he? I think it's fair to say, but he's... Uh, yeah, he seemed clearly... pretty pleased uh, about Saturday's results. So, yeah. He did, that's good to hear, good to hear. Right, uh, up next, Regan has sent in his review as well. Yeah, great to get three points. Um, I think we've just been crying out to get that little bit of luck in the final third. I think it's the only thing that's really been lacking from our game, and obviously we got that with the goal from the corner. And you could see the weight lift off the players' shoulders. We kind of dominated the game up until that point. And then after that, they didn't really get a look in. I think I think Anderson's made one save at his near post, and that's about it, really. Um, so just all round, a top performance. 
uh, really positive change from Simo to bring a blade on and Garner on as well. Um, kind of prevented them from just pushing. Would have been really easy to make a defensive-minded change there, but doing that, it's obviously got us our goal and wrapped up the three points quite nicely. Brunton Park, I have to say, was brilliant. I was really worried that we might drop below that 7,000 attendance, but it's great to see that we've still got that and, uh, yeah, great atmosphere. Backing the lads and making it not a nice place to come for the away team, so long may that continue. And, as always, shag a shag, and it's as simple as that. Up the blues. He's brought it out of retirement. He said he was going to retire <laughs> for the season, but he's clearly been waiting for a win. Great stuff. Thank you very much for that, Regan. Um, yeah, I think he's spot on. Good point about the crowd as well. Another 7K crowd, and, you know, with Derby at home in the next home game, you kind of hope we could get at least 10K for that. You'd think we've probably 2,000 away fans and a probably increased number of home fans as well. Yeah, I think we we should be 10, 10K plus for that, surely. I mean, you'd hope to. I'd be disappointed if we didn't. I think it's fair to so, say. Um, yeah, I think basically the thing you said there was right in terms of, you know, the, the, the crowd, you know, really giving us a lift as well. And, and a bit of luck as well. I think he's spot on with that. Actually, you did, the goal was a bit lucky, the opening goal. And sometimes you just need that a goal to go off someone's back, you know, or something like that. That's exactly what you want. You know, Simo, um, said it, Simo said we've had no luck. And he's right, we've had no luck. And then yeah. you just need that one one little chance, one little time, and it got us going. Yeah. And, and great point about the positive subs as well, actually, because the easy thing there is, you know, take a, take a forward off and maybe put a midfielder and pack the midfield somewhere. But actually, by putting two forwards who could press a bit or push their players back a bit, that really took a little bit of pressure off as well. So great stuff from Simo. Uh, before we wrap up the first half, Nick, we go through the league one results from last weekend. Um, starting off Blackpool 2, Wigan 1. So Wigan have had a couple of tough results since we, they drew against us, haven't they? You know, it's been a, bit, a little bit tougher for them, I think it's fair to say. Um, but a good result for Blackpool. Jordan Rhodes, I think, scored the opening goal for them in this game, it's, which I think he's going to be a great signing yeah. for them, isn't he? I was, uh, I thought that, I thought that was quite an impressive signing that they pulled him out of the bag there. Yeah, definitely. I think he'll score goals. Yeah, Bolton back to winning ways. They won two one against Derby, but not a great result for Derby that though, is it? Again, they're one who's you know, I think they're twelfth mid table at the moment. I think. Yeah, I, I think they had the man sent off, didn't they? I think they did. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. You think you're right there, so it's, it's a bit tough for them, but they're, they're you know. They're, they could well be under pressure by the time to come to us, you know, if they don't get a result in the next two games. Well, in fact, they're not playing this week. No, they won't be playing international. Yeah. There's only two games this weekend, amazingly. Ours and I think Leighton Orient v Exeter in League uh, 1, which is quite remarkable, really. Um, Bristol Rovers 1, Lincoln City 1, fairly straightforward. That Exeter, God, their start of the season has been brilliant. Hasn't it? I didn't expect them to be up there at all, but they beat Burson 1-0. Obviously, we beat the Shrews 2-0. Um, Charlton 2, Fleetwood 1. A result that cost um, Scott Brown his job at Fleetwood, didn't it? He's, uh, he's yeah. been given the axe. Uh, I, I, I thought they might find it tough this season, but I'm genuinely surprised, considering they've kept hold of most of their players, that they actually are struggling so much. It's quite a surprise, because they've signed that Kabonga uh, Shaminga as well, haven't they, from um, Peterborough on loan. He's a pretty good player, so... Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that I thought they looked decent as well the first game of the season. Yeah, they were terrible. I was size. more expecting them to to kick on and as opposed to just being rubbish. Yeah, seeing who's been linked with the job today. No, I haven't actually. Our our favourite um, pub impersonator down the uh, A five nine five, Pete Wild. He's been. Mm, uh, I, I, I don't. I don't think he'd. Uh, I think it'd be a strange move for him. That to be honest. The one thing is they've got such good resources in terms of facilities and stuff like that. And obviously at Barrow, he's having to train at Manchester. But 
Borough have probably got a squad that can challenge for promotion in League Two this season, yeah. so it's, it's a risk to go. Yeah, I can see what you mean, but and from the outside, it's a club that's possibly struggling. Yeah, especially with the ownership issues. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Cheltenham lost two 0 at home to Barnsley. They still haven't scored this season. Cheltenham, not great for them. I, I, I think we expected them to struggle, so not really a massive surprise to find them down there. Yeah. Our opponents this weekend, late uh, Stevenage, they beat Leighton Orient three 0 We'll talk about this game in a minute in in the in the preview section. Northampton lost one 0 at home to Wickham. Um, an ex Blue scored in that game. We'll talk about that uh, later on. Um, Oxford United's decent run come to an end. They lost two one to Port Vale. Port Vale though, they're really having a good. T- it's interesting that you know look at the teams that have beat us at the start yeah, of the season. It, may, it right? makes our start look really hard. Yeah, well Exeter are top. <laughs> Port Vale fourth and Oxford a seventh of the you know the three teams that have beat us so far. So you know, in the end, you're looking and think, well, actually, are we doing that bad? You know, and Wigan, well, Wigan are arguably on. If I work this out right, I'm trying to count this in my head now. They're, they're on what uh, twelve points. So technically, they're right up there as well, and we drew with them. So you know, it's not, not necessarily a, such a bad start in the end, really, when you look at that. Um, final two results: uh, Portsmouth beat Peterborough three one at home, and then on Monday night. Cambridge United beat Reading 1-0. Reading are having a really tough start to the season as well, aren't they? They're not really... Yeah. They've had two wins, but they've also lost the other four games, so... You need to foul yeah. them in the same category as Fleetwood from the outside to look a club in a lot of trouble, I think. Yeah, could could be a really, really tough campaign for them, really good. Uh, right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with the second half of the show. This is John Mellish, you listen to the Brunton Bugle. Into the second half of the show. Um, we'll do the question... The answer to the question now. So, a uh, little reminder of Mike's question of the week. The last time that we played Stevenage and I had JJ Coyote up front, we battered them 4 0. Who scored for us in that game? Okay, so I went for, I'm pretty sure Coyote scored one of them. I think Coyote, Alessandra, Riley, and I've. Do I go with Bennett or Hayden? I'm going to go with Chris Bennett. Yeah, I thought you were going to do that. This is all on you. You've had no input oh, no. from me here. No, wait, maybe John. Maybe Big John would have scored because he scored a lot of goals that season, didn't he? Ooh. Be worth a shout just on how many he got. All right, I'm going to change, I'm going to change yeah, Benny to, to Big in. John. So, Coyote, Alessandra, Riley and Mellish. And these, these are all completely top heads, so here's the answer. And it was Nick Anderson, JJ Coyote, <laughs> Lewis Alessandra and Joe Riley. <laughs> I, I could have been guessing for hours and I would never have got yeah, Nick Anderson. We would never have guessed that. No. In fact, if I remember right now, that might have been one of those ones where he scored like a free kick from range that just wasn't actually that good, but just went into the back of the net because they keep him messed up. I might be wrong on that one, but anyway, there you go. So three out of four, and I'll take that. I'm quite happy with that in terms of a return. Um, so thanks, Mike, for your question of the week. Right, into the second half. We haven't got behind enemy lines this week. I haven't had a chance to speak to someone, unfortunately, from the Stevenage but I think I've got a Lincoln one lined up for next week, so we should have that one, which is a good one to get because we haven't played Lincoln for a few years. It'd be good to hear how they're getting on. Um, right, previewing the Stevenage game then, Nick. Um, they're a real surprise package this season. I think I think we kind of expected they'd be okay mid-table-ish, but... For them to be sitting, what, third after six or was it six games we've played now? I'm trying to get the table back up now. Uh, yeah, six games, their third place with a record of four wins, one draw and one loss. And they're only in third place on goal difference, basically. You know, I think Exeter have got one better goal difference than both them and Bolton. And uh, Port Vale are also on 13 points with a goal difference of minus three, <laughs> thanks to their 7-0 defeat on the opening mm. day against Barnsley. Um 
yeah, it, it's just. Did did you see this coming? Them doing as well as they have. I don't. Yeah, no. I think they're such a hard team to play against, and mm. I they're the sort of team I just think have probably caught a lot of teams at this level by surprise. With their style and, of play. Yeah, I think their style of play, physicality, they're not easy to play against other. They're just not. And no. Definitely I think they've, they've they've cleared it up very well. They've had a great start, really. Yeah, I mean, you look at looking at their summer transfers. They've strengthened quite well, and they signed three different players called Thompson, which is highly amusing for me. Commentators, nightmare. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing James have a crack at this one at the weekend. See if you if you can say Thompson to Thompson to Thompson at some point. That would be <laughs> wonderful if that could happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, they picked up Dan Butler from Peterborough, who's a pretty decent defender as well. Um, who else did they bring in? Uh, they've got you know, Kane Hemmings came in on deadline day. It was an interesting one. He didn't really work out for him at Tramere, but he scored a lot of goals at League One level for Burton. So you'd imagine he might be quite a decent addition. But he, he, he's gone for Alex McDonald at his former club, um, Gillingham. I've always liked him. He's a good little midfield player. Um, interesting, slight Carl United connection in one of the summer signings. Aaron Presley. Son of oh, Stephen, yeah. signed from Brentford for an undisclosed fee, which is surprised because he had a loan spell at Accrington, did quite well last season. So you would have thought maybe they would have looked to loan him out again, but uh, Brentford. But I think if, they get to a point where they send them on yet, really. Yeah. Is his dad, was it, wasn't Presley, his dad Presley, wasn't he involved with Brentford? I think he's I think he's head of like, is it, it's either loan deals or recruitment or something like that. He's got some sort of recruitment or loan or development role there, basically. He's not involved in the, the first team set, but he's definitely involved there. Yeah, you're right, you went there. I think it's quite think. quite wise that he's not involved in, you know, first team management anymore. Yeah, probably not. I do like Stephen, <laughs> but it, it didn't just wasn't working out really, was it? But no. um, looking at some of the loan signings they made, uh, Harrison Neal from Sheffield United, who was on loan at Barrow last season, he looked quite a decent player. Yeah. Barrow were desperate to get him back, weren't they? Yeah, I think he, he looked a good player, he did, for yeah. Barrow. And Charlie McNeil from Manchester United he scored his uh, first goal for them at the weekend. He, he, you look at some of the plays they brought in, and you know they, they don't get the biggest crowds in the world. It, it's one of these ones you wonder if that's one of the ones that Simo was hinting at that he can't quite grasp how they've managed to make as many all yeah. the signs they have done. They've clearly spent a bit of money. Yeah, but I mean, where that where that money's come from? Yeah, Nick knows? Freeman as well from Wickham is pretty good at this at that level as well, and. Yeah, I do look and think to myself, fair play, you know. Look, looking through their squad generally, and I mean, a lot of new players in there. Um, but some of the ones who are already there, you know, Jordan Roberts did pretty well for them last season. Um, Elliot List having him back was a big plus for them because he was injured for most last season, wasn't he? You know, when they got promoted, and I think they really thought quite highly of him. Um, in defence, Carl Pierre Gianni and Dan Sweeney. It's not a bad centre back pairing, that is it? No, I, I, I was half expecting them to lose them but obviously they've kept all of them so I, I, I did wonder if they would lose them but in the sense of losing them because basically they thought maybe they're not going to be quite good enough for, for league one level but sticking with them by the looks of things so you know fair play um yeah last time out uh you messaged me about this game actually the weekend didn't you um late in nil steven is free um Quite an interesting one, because it looks like Orion had quite a few chances in it, didn't take them, and Stevenage, not quite sucker punch, but it looks like the, the, the decent chances they had, they took, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they took... What is it? Did I say it to you? They had four shots on target and scored three goals. Yeah. 
which tells you what you need to know, doesn't it? I mean, I should say from those shots on target, uh, the first one um, was sort of like a, it was a low free kick driven into the box and and McNeil just flicks it on, basically, puts a bit more power onto it and it goes past the keeper. Um, The second one was a quite clever corner routine, sort of corner comes out to the edge of the box, it's headed back in and Sweeney manages to stay on side and then nods it past the keeper. The third goal is an absolutely stunning goal. If you haven't seen this, it, it sort of comes to the edge about 25 yards out, um, dead central to Freeman. It sits up nicely for him. And he just smashes a volley over the keeper and in off the bar. And also, if they're your three chances, you know, you're basically taking two set pieces and a stunning volley. It's a bit of a sucker punch, isn't it? I think, what was the comments you said Richie Wellen said uh, after the game? I, I, I always make a point of listening to her. So, you know, next opponent you're playing, the team yeah. that they've just played manager. And he said something along the lines of he, he really didn't know through the week whether to stick with the same team who, because I think they had a good result against Cambridge yeah. the week before. And he was he said that he didn't know whether to stick with the same team or change it up. And he basically said he didn't know if he wanted to play bigger players or not. Didn't and regretted it. Which is why I think in a minute when we talk about the, the, the team we're going to play, I think we I think we both know which player we're going to put in up front for this game. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fair to Absolutely. say. Um, but yes, yeah, so quite a, a, a decent result from the last time. I mean, looking at their the recent results, they, they drew 1-1 at Exeter, and Exeter obviously are right up the top with them. So that's a fair result. Steve, a nil-nil draw with Portsmouth. And then they have lost to Reading, it should be said. You know, we, we've mentioned before, struggling a bit, but they did then beat Cambridge and obviously beat Shrewsbury and we beat at the weekend. So... I kind of look and think to myself, some of the teams they've actually got results at are up near the top. But I think they've also had a, not the, the toughest start in the world. They haven't really, they've not played your likes of your Boltons or your Derby so far, or even like your Oxfords. And, Exeter. And Blackpools, yeah. So the, Exeter are the only one that are right up there that they've, they've, they've played. But I think we all agree Exeter are a little bit of a surprise package so far. So yeah, yeah there's an argument. Maybe they haven't had some of the what you would expect to be the tougher games. Although then you'd argue, you know, you'd expect Charlton to be a tougher game, and yet look at them, they're in 16th, you know, they've sacked their manager as well, so, you know, it's not it's not all straightforward in that sense. Um, yeah, Steve Evans, undeniably a good manager, isn't he? Just not a particularly likeable person. Well, I, well, I don't like him. <laughs> uh, <I've, laughs> uh, Steven and fans definitely like him, though. Oh, they, you, they, you would, wouldn't you? If, if he was your ma- it, it, would I like him if he was Carla Manja? It's a, it's a, one of those moral quandaries in life, isn't it? You wonder, could I actually take him? Could I quite like him? I would. I wouldn't be happy just watching that. What he serves up, I, I yeah. wouldn't be. I wouldn't want it. I'd, I'd find it. I'd find it hard work, but fair play. You know, I can totally understand why the Steamish fans love him and defend him. It, I'm a low to one of these people who say like they're a small club or anything like that because that's yeah, it's, it's it's pointless pettiness that it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, does it? But but as, as a club that one. a club the size they are in terms of what the fan base think they get, you, you you need that kind of manager sometimes. You need someone who's going to basically make you a horrible team that no one really likes, but you just grind out results and you constantly get results. And actually, quite often, it's not just grinding out results. You'll go and batter a team by taking the handful of chances you actually get in a game and. You know, the opposition come away thinking, how on earth they've done that? Well, it's because they're clinical. Because he signs players who are capable of being that in games. So, fair play to the bloke. Like you said, I wouldn't want him as Carla Manja. I'd much rather have Simmer any day of the week. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he's done a remarkable job as well when you consider they've made 60 signings this summer. And he's managed to bed them in this quickly and get results. You know, it, it does show you what he's capable of doing, really, doesn't it? 
the question is, can they keep it up and go for promotion again? I I can't see him dropping away massively because oh. I think they I think they, they do have a good squad of players there. Mm. So even like come January February, and this when injuries are starting to hit, I, I, I don't know. I think they I, might stay up there. I, I think you might be right. You know, I think I don't think they're going to change for top two. I think that I think they'll be sort of round about six, seven, eighth place. I think that's where they'll probably yeah. end up being. Because I think even if in, in January they're struggling a little bit in terms of injury and stuff, I think the chairman will back in there and get a couple of players in just to, just to try and keep, you know, if, they, if they've got a chance of getting that promotion, he'll back them to get them potentially up there. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I can, I can definitely see that, definitely. Right, um, in terms of some of the stats uh, before we get going on the play for both. So, obviously, this weekend the referee is Darren Drysdale from Lincolnshire. It is 20th season as an EFL referee. He's very much a veteran with the whistle. Um, this season he's taken charge of three games so far, handing out 13 yellow cards, but no red cards yet. Attempt to fate there. Uh, last season he handed out 99 yellow cards and two red cards in 33 games. And the last United game he took charge of was actually the final day of last season at Sutton United for the 1-1 draw. Only one player was booked that day and that was United's Jack Robinson. Head to head, this is going to be the tw- this is an interesting one, right? We've played against Stevenage more times than we have Wigan Athletic in our history. Like 10 more times as well. It's not even close. We've only played Wigan 17 times. I was sure we'd played them loads of times, but we were always quite way ahead of them until the 90s, weren't we? Very strange on that one. And then they just left us us behind. And now we've caught back up again. Um, Yeah, thank God. 27th meeting between the two sides is going to be, so far, United have won 12, five have been draws, and Stevenage have won nine. Um, okay, uh, play for both. So Dan is a bit incapacitated this week, unfortunately, so he hasn't been able to record one for us. So I'm going to do this. I'm doing this very much on on the hoof, off the top of my head. There's not that many to pick from, actually, to be fair. It, it, it's an interesting one, this one. So um, I'm going to go with a player who um, joined us on loan in the late 90s. Had a brief loan spell in 1998 from a Scottish club. Played six games, scored one goal in that spell. Who do you reckon I'm talking about here, Nick, if you were going to guess? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm struggling not, here. Not sure. <laughs> right, well, uh, he started out his career at Chelsea. He is none other than Albert Junior Hilliard Andrew Mendes. Better known oh, as Junior Mendes. English-born, yeah. uh, former Montserrat international. He played seven times for Montserrat in his career. Um, yeah, he started out at Chelsea. Um, he uh, then went up to St. Mirren in 1996. He actually spent four years at St. Mirren, 120 appearances, 21 goals. And then he joined United in the 98-99 season. Towards the start, I think it was, he had a loan spell of us. Uh, he played six games, scored one goal. But I think he quite impressed because he was quite a big, strong lad with a bit of pace. And I think we, we were thinking if we can get him longer, he could be really, really big player for us. Unfortunately... He went back to St. Mirren, finished the season with them, and then he sort of did a little tour of some of those clubs around that part of Scotland. I say the tour, he went to Dunfermline and then went back to St. Mirren for a brief period. He had a spell at uh, Mansfield Town, Huddersfield, some loan spells at Northampton and Grimsby and Notts County as well. He was there, Lincoln. Sort of did a sort of tour of um, a few sort of lower league clubs. Uh, then he went to Aldershot Town and had a loan spell with Stevenage Borough in 2009. Similar to us, six appearances and one goal. <laughs> And that's it. And then he went from there to Ilkeston, Air United, and then uh, played for uh, Nairn County, which I'm presuming, is that is that Scotland, Nairn County? Just double-checking it. Yeah, they're in the, uh, in the Highlands. Yeah. 
the Highland team, and then finished his career with uh, the reformed junior side Clydebank. He is now um, fitness coach at Hearts, apparently. Um, he studied at the University of West Scotland, completing a Masters uh, of Sport in sorry, in Sport and Exercise Science in 2018. So, uh, yeah, that's what he's up to these days. So there you go, Junior Mendes. I'm 99% certain that's the one that Dan would have picked. Now, knowing, knowing the way his <laughs> yeah. mind works. It was I'd either him, so, yeah. Adrian Clark, or Tommy Black. They were the only three he was likely to pick, I think, in the, in, in the, in the selections we had on offer there. Not a huge amount. There's only about 12, I think. I'm not going to read them all out now because I can't be bothered, to be brutally honest. So there you go. <laughs> right. Um, let's get into talking about United head of the game then, Nick. Um Injury-wise, Nick uh, Ben Barkley is out for six to eight weeks. We, we found out now, unfortunately, so that's really big. But at the start of the season, he just seems to have rotten luck, doesn't he, with injuries? So, kind of hoping it's similar yeah. to last season and it all gets and sorted after Christmas. We've, but, we've managed without him thus far as well, I suppose. So, yeah, I, I so think I've, I've been calling out for him to, to start, but you know, look, we've we've got. Jack Ellis, who can play the right side of that defence as well, can't he? So we, we, we have... And, and Corey Whelan, of course, as well, to be fair. I should, should mention him. Turned down a move on a deadline day as well to uh, Colchester. So he's, he's here for the... till January at the very least. Um, so formation-wise, we've, we've agreed that we think 3-5-2 is what suits us best right now. Um, defence. Anything you'd change there? I, th- I think we kind of accept that's no. going to stay the same, don't we? No. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think it's got to stay the same. Yeah, Anderson was better, I should say, against uh, Shrewsbury than he was against Port Vale. He he had a couple of moments. Yeah, there was a couple of crosses that went over him and you were a bit like, ooh, kind of things that Hurley would pluck out the air. And you you take for granted how big Hurley is, don't you, sometimes, and the effect he has in terms of that. So, fair enough. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement that your defence, goalkeeper and back five stays the same. Midfield, I mean, Guy and Moxon start. That's just kind of accepted at the moment, isn't it? You know, they're probably our two best midfielders. Do you stick with Gibson or do you bring McCalman for this one? I I would stick with Gibson. I'm it's not sure. Club, isn't it? I'm not sure Simo will. I don't know. I, I just think I think Gibson's work rate is absolutely fantastic as well, and I think we'll need that against Stevenage. Yeah, a little bit creativity, and it should be said it's his former club, Stevenage. Well, he was he had a loan spell there, didn't he? I think from Bradford, so. He'd be wanting to impress in that game, and imagine. So I'd agree with you. I think I'd stick with Gibson with this one, but I wouldn't be surprised for an away game if you brought McCallman in. Yeah. If you can just pack it with a bit more solid midfielders, possibly. Um, well, here's the big one attack. Does uh, Coyote come straight in for his league start? Yeah. Uh, considering the opposition, I think I think he does, yeah. Yeah. I think otherwise you'd maybe look to bed him in a bit slower, but actually, we're coming up against Stevenage. They're a big team. We know they've got two really big, strong centre-backs in there. We want someone in there who's going to cause them problems. And from, again, I didn't listen to the game on Tuesday night. From what I heard, he won more headers in the first five minutes than most of our attackers have done all season. So, you know, it, it goes to show, you know, that he's going to have a real positive impact there. Um, who do you play alongside him, though? Yeah, it's tricky. This one. I, I probably would, I'll go, I would play Maguire, I think. He's looked very useful. I think I think definitely Maguire's starting. And I think he's improving every game as well, Maguire. I think he's he's, he's got to start Maguire. Yeah, for me, Maguire, and then you can bring on Planjor, uh, Ablade to cause problems later on as an impact sub, can't you? Um, subs, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be Alice or Whelan coming in to replace Barkley as a sub-defender. 
is yeah. the main change. It's whether he brings Edmondson back in, possibly. Oh, he's got so many choices in attack now, really. Edmondson and Butterworth might find themselves out of action for a while here, if they're not careful. I think they're out in the cold a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I think I they're going to find it tough. I like Edmo, but I don't think you could complain about it either. Really. It's just not worth. It's not worth it. No. This was his big opportunity, and it just hasn't worked for him at the start of the season. It's just really frustrating. But especially for for me and the rest of us, we've all picked him to be top scorer this season. Yeah. We're looking a little bit stupid now, but there you go. Um, right, match predictions time. So, um, even though you're j- just on a, as a guest host, uh, Nick, we're going to get you to to predict your scoreline for the game and and your goal scorers. So, what are you going to go with? Oh, it's, it's tough on this. <laughs> um, I'll be positive. After that win, 2-1, Carlisle win. Um, mm. I'll go, will we score from a set piece? And I'm not sure about that. I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll go Huntington from a set piece and then Ablade on the break late on to win it. Ooh, we're going to go for another late goal then, yeah. I imagine... Yeah. Hopefully, you know, they'll have been wasting a lot of time and we'll benefit from that and get a goal nice later on. That'll be, that'll, yeah, like that'll be 27 minutes added on. <laughs> it was ridiculous at the start of the season, but I think they, I yeah. think it's, temp, t- it's tempered out a little bit. They, in terms they of went the a complete polar opposite to the, yeah. to the added time, haven't they? Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy, isn't it? Um, well, uh, I should say, I, I am now leading quite comfortably in the table on five points because I got a correct score for the game against uh, Shubi. I didn't get goals. None of us got the goal scorers, but I did get a correct score, so... I'm quite happy with five points uh, to Dan's two and Mike's zero. Is he still on? Um, <laughs> right, uh, what am I going to go for? I'm going to go for a 2-1 win as well. Uh, 2-1 win with goals from Coyote and uh, who's going to get the other? Um, Jordan Gibson. He's going to get a goal against his former clubs. There you go. G- Coyote and Gibson. Dan wasn't able to send one in, but he has sent me a message with his and he's gone for 1-1 with Gibson to score the goal. And here is Mike's prediction for this game. Stevenage have started the season really well, but I'm going to be quite bold. I randomly fancy Stevenage to have a man sent off, and we're going to win 1 0 with Terry Abelaide scoring in the 100th minute. Ooh, it's very similar to you. He's got a very yeah. good goal from Tesla. There you go. There you go, indeed. Right, uh, on to the X Files section to wrap things up. Uh, Quite a busy one this week, actually. There's a lot of stuff, lot to cover in terms of goals and transfers. A very busy transfer deadline day for former Blues. Uh, starting with the goals uh, from last weekend, Jordan Pickford got an own goal, unfortunately. Um, he was very unlucky with this, though, wasn't he, Nick? <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Rasping shot hit the post and came back and hit his head and went into the back of the net. Did you see the save he made at the end of this game? Yeah, the double save. He, he made up for that, didn't he? Unbelievable Un- save. Unbelievable save. Jared Branford started for the second game in a row. He's pulled out the under-21 squad, unfortunately, for England with an injury, but good to see him starting games. He, he seems to pull out the under-21 squads quite often. He's done a couple, of really. Yeah. yeah, interesting that one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, Northampton against Wickham. Uh, there was a goal scorer from a former blue in that 1-0 win, and it was Richard Keogh with his first goal on his return for the Chairboys. It's his second spell with them. Um, it's nice to see him scoring, isn't it? You know, he's still scoring about 37-38 now he is, I think. He's old, yeah. even. Hunts, isn't he? I think fair play to the lad. Um, Aaron Hayden got his got the only goal of the game in Wrexham's one nil win at their rivals Tramway Rovers. It's a weird one. This people don't seem to realise, but it's a really big rivalry between Tramway and Wrexham, isn't it? I think there was about ten thousand here for this game. Um, yeah. Tramway have had a very tough start to the season in League Two, though, aren't they? Um, yeah, it doesn't sound good for Tramway. Like, from I, everything I, I've been reading, I, I, yeah. from speaking to the fans I know at work. 
they're not particularly happy at the moment. I I, I think Dawes could be in trouble there. I think he could well end up yeah. losing his job. I I seen I seen a few on Twitter uh, wanting Bentley to come in, which. I don't know. It's a bit desperate. Just that. that one, yeah. He's just taking over Southport as well, isn't he? So that'd be mm. a bit of a change, wouldn't it? Um, I was going to make a joke there that no one outside of anyone who lives in the Liverpool City region would get that if he goes from Southport to Tramway, he just needs to get himself an all-area save-away, which is a little bus and train ticket joke for you there that I, I get because I work for the Transport Authority, <laughs> but there you go. Um, I've, I've told the rubbish joke now, so I can't even hide from it. Uh, Adam Campbell. <laughs> He got his first goal for Crawley Town in their free-free draw at Stockport County. Stockport, again, not having the best start of the season, are they? No. Um, Dave Chaloner's been linked with uh, other jobs as well, hasn't he, I think? Has he linked with the Charlton job, possibly, I think? I think he went and spoke to Charlton and then yeah. turned it down. Interesting, one, yeah, but they're not having mm. the best start of the season. They're struggling after the playoff final defeat to us last May. Uh, all, good four to teams, all four teams that played in the League 2 playoffs yeah. Are all struggling a bit. I mean, there's no That's surprise all... with Bradford, is yeah. it really? Yeah. <laughs> you can see that one coming. Um, Brendan Dickinson, I'm, I'm really pleased to see how well he's starting at Oldham, actually, because he's had a rotten time with us in terms of injuries. Uh, he's got, I think, his third goal since signing for them, I think. He scored in their 2 2 draw at Gated at the weekend. Uh, Nick Bellardo, he's, he's had a really good start at FC United as well. He scored the only goal in their 1 0 win over Barnoldswick Town in the FA Cup qualifying. And Keelan Leslie scored a goal for Workington in their 6-0 win in FA Cup qualifying against Prestwich Hayes. They've been rewarded with a uh, away tie at Darlington in the next round, which is one of the tough ones I think they could have got, actually, yeah. in the National League North teams coming in. Um, although Darlington are struggling in the National League North. I should say they are bottom of the league, but still, National League North team probably would have preferred someone a bit further down. Um, into midweek, Sean Brisley. He was sent off for Alfreton in their 0-0 draw at Banbury United. In National League North, it's just ridiculous that Banbury in National League North. I just never get over that. Uh, Michael Little, it, he's become a goal machine at the start of the season. He scored for Bly Spartans in their 4 0 home win over Farsley Celtic. And Owen Windsor, again, he's, he's, he's on a real rich reign of form. He scored for Chippenham Town in their 3 3 draw with Taunton Town. On to the other section, Nick. We're going to cover transfers mostly now. Um, in fact, we'll do a couple of coaching bits first. Um, Nicky Adams, he's returned to Oldham Athletic for his first coaching role. He's head of their youth, uh, I think it's their youth development uh, team, basically. He's the head coach of them now. And uh, here's a real blast from the past. Darren Holloway, he's been sacked as assistant manager of Darlington, pre, pre just mentioned before. So uh, there you go, that's the coaches covered. Uh, on to transfers. J.K. Gordon, there was a lot of talk over the summer, could be getting back in on loan. I think there's always a feeling he wanted to move down south this time rather than one up north. No surprise then, he's joined Cambridge United on loan from Crystal Palace until January. I think I can see the sense in this move, can you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an easy one for him to, 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 to make that one. And they're doing well as well, Cambridge, aren't they? So. Yeah, yeah, going to a team doing well. And they, he probably quite thing, fancy that. One thing they've probably lacked over the summer in terms of signings has been strikers, so actually getting, getting in there is probably a good move for them. Uh, Dean Buzanis, uh, he has re-signed for Sutton United on loan from Reading until January. James Chester has signed for Barrow on a short-term deal until January, having featured for them in their Lancashire Cup uh, fixtures recently. Um, some Carlisle fans were saying, why didn't we get him back? Well, because we don't need a defender. It's no. <laughs> probably the reason. And also, let's be brutally honest, his knees are probably shot now <laughs> because he's barely played in recent seasons. So, yeah, it's, 
I can get why Barrow took a, a punt on it. It, it. it makes sense for a deal until January, but for us, no. He just, it's, you know, let's just remember that brilliant loan spell he had and leave it at that, should we? I think that's probably the best yeah. way to look at it. Mentioned him early on without actually mentioning his name. Sam Cosgrove, he signed for Barnsley on a free transfer for Birmingham City on a two-year deal with a, a one-year option for the club. Um, interesting one, isn't it? He, he's done so well at Aberdeen, but since then, pff, nothing really, is there really? Did okay at Plymouth last a, season? Yeah, I thought he had a spell with Plymouth where he'd done all right, didn't he? But I mean, he just benefited us time after time, hasn't he? You know, we, we managed to get a fee for him for selling him early after he signed a pre-contract with Aberdeen. We got a sell-on clause into that fit transfer, which of twenty percent, which you know benefited us massively when he moved from, uh, I was it 10, 10, 10 or twenty percent. Either either way, benefited us when he went to uh, Birmingham City for two million pounds, and then uh, yeah, he's moved to Barnsley. It means we've been able to get Coyote without too much difficulty in the end. It by the looks of things. So thank you very much, Sam, for that. Uh, Ryan Loft has joined Port Vale from Bristol Rovers for an undisclosed fee on a two-year deal. Mm. I think Bristol Rovers did this one on the basis that they were going to sign that, uh, is it? Uh, Clark Harris. John, Clark Harris from um, yeah. Peterborough. Peterborough. And that deal fell through, didn't it? I don't think it happened in the end. Am I, no. am I right on that? There was, a, there was a few deals similar that didn't end up happening last minute, wasn't there? I think Wrexham Poor old Rex, made, a mess, made a mess of uh, Armstrong as well. Imagine leaving a half a million pound record bid until the last minute on the transfer deadline. A fee that our manager advertised to everybody like literally a week before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, I thought they would, I mean, the funniest thing about Am- it, you know, that, amateurishly, amateurish. Someone made a really good point about this that, um, you know, who's their chief executive? It's what you call him. He used to be in the football league, didn't he? He uh, was at Sean Harvey. I can remember right, yeah. Leeds United. Yeah. So he's yes, he's he involved at Wrexham. You'd think the guy who was running, you know, the football league and involved at other big clubs in the past would know the details about getting a transfer <laughs> yeah. on time, wouldn't you? Just, just ridiculous. So yeah, Ryan Loft joined Port Vale. Ethan Walker has joined Morecambe on a season-long loan from Blackburn Rovers. I mean, God, he's... he's... I, I was quite impressed with him when he joined us on loan initially. Obviously got that injury, which, you know, stunted his development in that sense. But it kind of feels like he's wasted his move going to Blackburn Rovers to be sitting in there under 23s only to two years later join... More come on loan. It's just a bit of a waste, isn't it? Yeah. There's a few players like that, though. It, it, at that age, I mean, I don't know. He should have played quite a few football league games by now at that age. Yeah. There's, you look at the difference with someone like Jack Armour, who comes exactly. to us. Yeah. yeah. He's played 150 odd games now. Yeah, that, that's the difference, really. But there you go. Uh, Brad Young, he's joined a Cymru uh, Premier side, the New Saints, on a free transfer after his summer release by Aston Villa. There's a player who's really not. Fulfilled the alleged no. potential he had, isn't there really? God, what, what a fall from grace. Um, Richie Bennett, he has signed for Scunthorpe United on a one-year deal. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's the last transfer of the thing. I've probably missed some. If I have, just let me know and we'll, we'll, we'll drop them in there. And that's it for this week's episode. Um, Nick, thank you so much for stepping into the breach. We have uh, Mike and uh, Dan not available. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy your, your dog walk, listening to yourself tomorrow morning. So <laughs> it'll be very interesting, right? But uh, there you go. Um, just to remind everyone as well, thank you once again to our sponsors, London Bunch, for their support this season. Um, and we'll be back next week with a review of the Stevenage game and a look ahead to the Lincoln City away game. And all I've got left to say is uh, the usual up the blues. Up the blues.